Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Brick by Brick, a podcast produced by Move Your Mind, committed to changing the construction industry one conversation at a time. It's easy to give advice, but very few practice what they preach. Today's guest doesn't just speak from theoretical experience. He's a man of action and talks from the heart. Craig Ball is a professional speaker, consultant, and men's mental health and empowerment mentor. A veteran of the Australian Army having served twice in Afghanistan, making him acutely aware of mental health issues and how they manifest, particularly in stressful and life-threatening environments. Craig credits his own mental health to a little-known and perhaps even less practiced form of cognitive behavioural therapy called REBT. His point of difference is his passion for his audiences, empowering them to speak openly about mental health, making the wants-to-boo subject part of everyday conversations and normalising vulnerability. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Lendlease. We couldn't do this podcast without them. Craig, thank you for coming and making the time to talk to me after I stood you up last week, mate. I um, felt horrible <laughs> about that, but yeah, I was, I was joking about it before, but no, I um, really appreciate you actually turning up. It's so nice of you after I, it's not a, yeah, I felt bad about that one. <laughs> oh, please, it's all good. Uh, things happen and, uh, you know, as we've, we've chatted, it's life's busy and, and it can be quite hectic. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? it we're all of our lives are so busy and I think, you know, technology is a great thing. It's allowing us to sit here now and, you know, have this conversation on other sides of the world, but it can also make life a bit chaotic and, you know, be very hard to manage. So it's having that, that middle ground, that discipline with it, I think, a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that's significant. And I think one of the things that I think about this quite a lot, I, having um, listened, I should have said read, but I listened to the book Stolen Focus, and I talked about how all this technology can really impede your attention and stuff like that. And I think the thing that certainly saves me is that discipline to switch it off and just go, no, not, not playing anymore. And that's it. And yeah. that's hard to do, but it's because uh, everybody wants to know what's, what's being said, you know? I think it is. It's a hundred percent. And I, that's what I really mm. struggle with. Like I'm sort of good. With, I'm pretty disciplined with a lot of other things, but I, I need to do that. I just, I found it so, it's become a bit of a, you know, it's the next thing I want to work on, but we're just, it's so addictive. And I, I think people, not, we, we all don't realize how addicted we are and how much, you know, it's terrifying when you see how much screen time you've had at the end of the week. It's just like, no, that can't be true. Surely I'm not <laughs> spending that much of my day on these devices. But yeah, I think that's the only way, what you're saying, just pull yourself off. I don't think so. The big one that I get long periods of time on is the Calm app, but I use that for sleep. So I think it stays on even if the screen's off and I'm right. listening to it and I'm zoning out and, you know, it uses all the, all the power <laughs> supply in my little earbuds, but it helps me to sleep really well. So I can advocate for that for sure. So your your screen time or, you know, phone time's a bit skewed at the end of the week. It's going to look like other people would see and be like, what the hell this guy's like? <laughs> this guy's not not doing too well, but he's actually, you're actually using it for, a, you know, a positive thing. Yeah, like very much. And all the things that I use it for are stuff like 
Facebook, I'm posting on Facebook. I've got, you know, I'm posting all the things I need to post for my men's walk or I'm sharing uh, my YouTube videos that I'm recording three times a week or, I'm, you know, I've got a reminder little video I've created for the walk or whatever it is and just, and it's then when I do check it, it's saying, okay, who responded? How do I have to respond to them? You know, just the upkeep and the, the very much a business approach to it, I think, although it is occasionally nice to surf and go, oh, what was so-and-so doing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess it'd be great to hear a bit about your story and um, how you got to doing what you're doing now. So, yeah, would you mind just giving a bit of an overview about sort of where you've come from, um, your story and just, yeah, how you ended up doing what you what you now do? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, goodness me, I'm 49 now and I... Uh, I grew up in Epping in northwestern Sydney. I, um, you know, moved out of home when I was in my uh, early 20s, um, worked in hospitality, did a bunch of different things, never quite felt fully fulfilled. And that was always, there was this sense of purpose I was always longing for and looking for. Um, discovered the Army in my about mid-20s, joined the Army Reserve, um, and then always regretted not joining the full-time Army. Um, in 2001, I started working for an entrepreneur to develop myself as a professional speaker. Um, that was a goal I'd had I, I, and understanding and knowing what that was ultimately going to look like was something I hadn't really figured out as such. Um, back then it was like, yeah, I want to be a motivational speaker, but what does that mean and, and how do you actually work with and empower people? So what I eventually realized it was, was going from, because I've been on done a lot of counseling courses and stuff and wasn't sure how that was going to fit in, but... I ultimately realized that it was about working with people at scale. So working with a crowd as opposed to working one-on-one and and the needs to do both. Um, I got to a point where I was mm. working, doing a lot of um, uh, doing a lot of high school uh, engagements, speaking to um, high school kids, um, okay. years, usually years 10 to 12. I've done over 100 of those and um, wasn't really happy with what I was. Please excuse my 18-month-old in the background. Um, uh, wasn't 100%. Uh, uh, nice ambience. I'd, I'd do it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I wasn't really happy with um, my message and where I was going. And I, I got to an age, you know, into my early 30s by now, which for some might be going, well, it's getting a bit scary. But I realized I needed to do some work on myself and I needed to, to get more life experience. Mm. And for me, that was um, joining back mm. into the army, only this time going full time. And I knew Afghanistan was kicking off. Um, my background in the army reserve, I knew would probably help me to get to deploy to Afghanistan and um, it turned out to give me more than I ever thought it would um, and helped me to really expect more of myself. I've always considered the Army a bit of a university of life and it can be really an empowering um, sort of space for self-development and growth if you look for it. If you don't, if you let it take you somewhere mm-hmm. or you don't have that outcome that you're looking for, it can it can really um, be a great career for many people but it can also run your life a little bit. So. Uh, that's where I got to. I got um, deployed to Afghanistan twice, uh, 2010, 2012. And following on from what had happened throughout my 20s into my 30s, military life was similar in that I had a lot of guys would easily open up to me. They felt they could come and share with me and talk to me. And I, I considered this a, quite a privilege, particularly in the Army, because now we're talking people who would otherwise have been my heroes and now people I work with every day. They're my mates. They're people who, you know, and some of the things that they were sharing with me were really um, – you know, really quite humbling. And it was um, at this point I realised, okay, I'm here for a purpose. This, you know, it's to look out for, for my mates and, and look out for guys and people. And um, 
it wasn't until getting out in 2014 and I've lost that I know of, and I hate to say that I know of because it indicates that I haven't been able to keep track of it, but there's um, I've lost six mates to suicide since getting out. And as part of the speaking mm. work and everything wow. else, yeah, I've been, I've been teaching um, my program for over 20 years. In high schools, I was teaching it. I've taught corporates. I've taught it to people to help them deal with nerves of public speaking, and it's cognitive psych-based. Um, but at that point, when one of my mates passed, who I was particularly close to, I decided enough is enough. I'm going to focus all my energies now as a niche on men and men's mental health. And whilst my consulting work, I work as a change manager, my consulting work gives me exposure to people's emotional states in the workplace. And I get to do some I'm really privileged work and the results have been able to help workplaces get in addition to just here's what the project's doing or, or whatever. Um, but the stuff on the, the men's side has been amazing. And um, I've been, yeah, I've, put out a book last year, uh, Reclaim Your Power, which details my system. And um, I'm just working towards doing more. We, we moved up here to the Central Coast uh, in August last year, Central Coast of New South Wales. And um, just through talking to um, one of the fathers at, at um, the surf club, I might take my son to Nippers, he's, he said the Central Coast is above the state average for suicide. And so that's when I started the walk in December. And it's been going from strength to strength. And it's just so great to be up here in a community that really can see that you're trying to do something to help the community first and to help to develop and, and you know, and the support has just been amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that, mate. And yeah, congratulations on the book. That's, um, I know how much sort of released my first book um, a year and a half ago and know how much goes into that. So it's not, not an easy process. It's, so yeah, it's significant. yeah, congratulations on that as well. Thanks so much. And, and the writing of the book, as you know, is, is the easy bit. It's all the other tool, you know, the, the other people and their jobs they've got to do to get it right and get it out there. Um, but it, it really gives people an insight into or, or an opening, if you like, into the, the work I do as a mentor and the speaking work and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I've had some great opportunities come from just yeah. having the book too. It's It's been a really great way. And, and to give it or to when someone buys one and you, you're lucky enough to, to be there, uh, unless they buy it offline, but if, if you, you, to be there, to, to hand it to them, to share that with them, it's just, it's it's such an amazing thing. It just comes from within, you know, like it's, it's incredible. It really is, isn't it? And it's sort of, I've, you know, been in a similar realm to you and done a lot of public speaking and, you know, love all the different aspects of everything, but there's something about having this contained book that, you know, it's going to, that's a piece that people can just have on their shelf and you can come back to it year after year and it's sitting there and knowing that you can put something like that out into the world, it's a good feeling to be able to get that message out there and, 100%. you know, spread that spread that as far as you can. Yeah, 100%. And one of the things I've, I've done because I self-published is I've got a page on my site that, um, you know, you can access via a QR code in the book and it has all the forms and all the, the, the templates and everything I used as part of the book. You can download them and use them yourself. So it gives people a great opportunity to continue to interact and, and to a bit of do-it-yourself of my system, which is kind of part of the goal. Lendlease is proudly sponsoring the Brick by Brick podcast. They're committed to the health and safety of their people and those they work with and have been acknowledged externally for their focus on providing healthy workplaces. Lendlease is certified as a globally healthy workplace in recognition of their focus on employee health and well-being. In addition, Lendlease won the multinational employer category at the six Global Healthy Workplace Awards. They have a holistic approach to health and well-being and continue to grow their focus around mental health. 
Lend-Lease genuinely care and are out there not just to make a difference in their organisation, but in construction and society as a whole. We're very proud to have Lend-Lease as a sponsor of the Brick by Brick podcast. I love that. No, that's, yeah, I think, again, really important. And Yeah, I, don't, I think your story is, you know, so um, powerful for people to hear as well that it sounds like you're the kind of person that's always you know, push yourself to move out of your comfort zone and, and do the follow your gut, I guess, is what I'm taking out of that, that you've really followed where, where you've wanted to go and, you know, going and at a young age, building this career in public speaking and doing this thing you wanted to do um, to then later on have your gut telling you, hang on, something's missing. I want to go. And I think that is, that's even harder to listen to when you've actually started to go down the path you've gone down and again i'm sort of had my own experience with that and you know you can sort of ignore it because you'll be telling yourself well hang on i'm doing what i want to do but something's telling you you need this other experience and things go full circle if you didn't go and take that step then you wouldn't be where you are now having this you know much broader outlook on things and you know doing the work you're doing it's so true and like i've had those moments where i've felt completely average like even in the army i was never a natural soldier like i, I eventually passed selection for um the special forces in in 2000 with um four rar commando and um which was like a fourth battalion and um i didn't pass first attempt i failed miserably the first attempt and nearly failed the second attempt but just that drive that stubbornness that determination to keep going and look everybody has times when they feel completely average or not enough or inadequate or whatever that is and it's about accepting that well accepting the question what if you what if you were enough what if you did have everything what would that look like and let's let's just work as if we did let's not worry about what we don't have let's worry about what we do let's let's focus on what we do have and let's let's keep pushing through that um and yeah it's coming back um from the military i did seven and a half years full time and i got out with you know what you'd expect psychological injuries i've got chronic PTSD, generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, alcohol use disorder. And um, I've been able to overcome those or manage those, I must say, and work with them and thrive as a result um, because of what it is that I teach. And it started as a philosophy of life, a philosophy of living. It was theoretically, it's based in the original um, form of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is rational emotive behavior therapy for those that uh, may be familiar with it. And it's, but it was originally taught as a philosophy of living. It just happened to have a really good application for therapy. And so it's a process as opposed to sitting with people and, and trying to necessarily nut through a particular problem. It's a matter of uh, thinking things through and, and un understanding the philosophical aspects. It's deeply rooted in Stoic philosophy, which I know is becoming more and more popular these days, which is a great thing. But this is about how you actually pull apart your problems and, and how you actually remove the negative energy from it as opposed to yelling and screaming about it or, or bottling it up and, and all the issues that can come with that and, and accepting yourself unconditionally as part of the process. Um, so for me, it's been, yeah, it's been a transformative thing and to be able to share that with others is, um, yeah, one of life's true gifts, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about you've had six of your friends, you know, commit suicide and the importance of the work with men. Um, I guess that's, what you're talking about here that we traditionally especially as men i mean across the board but especially for men we we're not taught taught to really dig deep into our emotions to take that you know those measures to try and work through these things it's about 
you know, work through it, push on, bottle it up, and the the you know result of that can be disastrous, as you've as you've mentioned before. So, um, is that what you've found with a lot of the men you work with, and why you've gone into that area? Yeah, very much. Um, I think there's a lot of shame related to it. There's a lot of uncertainty. They don't understand what these emotions are doing. They try to work with whatever their conditioning is, and often that lets us down. It's through no fault of their own. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of space around that, and just to be accepted, just to just to be told, hey, it's okay. Look, what you have, what's happening here is perfectly normal for you, and um, giving them that reassurance, helping them to know they've got a safe space and they can work from that, um, really makes a big difference. And one of the big things I, I share with them: look, start by forgiving yourself. Realize that you are enough. Everything you have is within you. We just need to maybe guide it here or there you just need a bit of that just to know where you're going and, and to find that foothold because i've dealt with so much uncertainty uh in life and i know that there's a few things you can hang on to that will really help to get you there mm. what, what are some of those things because yeah uncertainty is something that we all struggle with and you know like you're saying we need it's it's a really difficult thing and we're sort of conditioned to avoid uncertainty at all cost avoid vulnerability um yeah, what are, are there some things you can share yeah, there? of course. I'm so glad you asked. There's, um, we've got to remember, okay, we can't control everything. It's like the old Stephen Covey uh, with the seven habits of highly effective people, like back in the, the late 80s and 90s, it was um, the circles of control. But it's about remembering there's only four things you can control, what you say, what you do, what you think, and what you feel. And understanding that and bringing our level of concern down to what we can control helps us to have, you know, response to that. Um instead of you know being concerned by everything that goes on around us it's so easy to be distracted and pulled in all different directions but those four things if we put our concern around that and it takes some practice it takes it takes looking at how we describe emotions as bringing those into tighter bounds i get people saying to me oh you know it's you're trying to get me to control myself well to a degree i'm helping you to show, see how you can like um devastation for example is not an emotion being sad's emotion you know Sorrow is an emotion, you know, like bringing things back into and, and describing them in ways that um, is manageable. Um, one of the big ones I used to talk about, we'd, I've been to a lot of funerals, not only suicides, but deaths in the battlefield and so forth. And often we'd come back to um, to our depot at the, after, you know, a memorial service or something and everyone would be feeling quite remote and, and I, morose. Sorry, and I, the guys that I'd be sitting with, I'd say, look, the way to put this in context is this is sad. It might be depressed. You might be telling yourself it's depressing, but it's sad and sadness passes. There will come a time where you won't feel this. You may still miss the person, but it's sorrow. And and being able to define that. Um, and one of the great things I came across recently was instead of saying, I'm sad, saying this is sadness mm. I'm experiencing because it helps us to get past overgeneralization between ourselves mm our successes and failures, and also our emotions, because you're not your emotions. Emotions are something that you experience, mm. just the same as your successes and failures. You're not your successes and failures. You're, you are the person who experiences those, and you can choose to accept yourself unconditionally, or you can choose to overgeneralize, make your life an emotional roller coaster. as the self-esteem movement has done a really good job on us to try to get us to be that way. And uh, that's one of the big things that I, I help guys to fight through. I think that's, yeah, I love that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And it's, it's you know it's a simple way to look at it where it's not too overwhelming as well. Where you know it's it's so true what you're saying. We can shame ourselves. Oh, I shouldn't feel this. You know what's wrong with me, etc. It's like no, you know like. I'm just feeling in this moment or in this situation, this is a sad situation and that's okay. That's not defining me though. And this is going to be something and we're scared to admit that. And I guess the same with thoughts as well. If our mind's telling us, you know, you're not good enough, you're a piece of shit, your life's, you know, you're a fuck up. You can either try and sort of, you know, sit in, sit in, you know, work against those thoughts or just sit there and think, okay, you know, I don't believe that. That's not true. That's what my mind's telling me right now, but I know that's not true. And I'm going to, I'm going to move forward anyway. And, yeah, you know, not get so stuck in it. hundred percent. And rather than tell yourself you're a fuck up or whatever, you can say, Hey, that didn't work so great. <laughs> that didn't give me the outcome that I wanted. So <laughs> being able to take a step back and reduce the intensity and the more you start to, to, to shift and shape your language around these things, the easier it gets. So, We've got, you know, we're often, it's often been claimed that human beings are irrational by their very nature, but they're capable of rationalizing. Um, and through taking just a few simple steps and, and adopting a few basic principles, like, for example, somebody who's high on the self esteem scale, if you like, they're, they're, you know, high self they think they're amazing. The problem with that is, in order for them to be amazing, other people have to be less than them. And that builds narcissism and supports all these other things. And one of the problems is if someone's, you know, in the self-esteem bubble and they're fighting to achieve something, the purpose of trying to achieve that, whatever that goal and outcome is, is simply to accept themselves. And usually they're so worn out by the time they've even found some sort of result closely resembling it, that accepting themselves is like they've got no time to celebrate. If you can accept yourself unconditionally as a base level, as a fallible, worthwhile human being, we all make mistakes, so we're fallible. You know, worthwhile because you're everybody's worth putting some time into, even if only their mother thinks that way. And the whole point of trying to achieve anything then is simply to raise your happiness levels because it's okay to be happy if something works out. And it's okay to be unhappy to work out if something doesn't work out. But it's not okay to overgeneralize, to beat yourself up, call yourself a failure or any one of the other, you know, common expletives that we tend to use on ourselves. Absolutely. No, I think it's it's such a, such a good point that you're making there. And yeah, we, we sort of, do just sit in that and I think um yeah I mean we've all experienced that and I've had friends like that where they're trying they're basing their self-esteem on trying to get validation from their friends everyone around them and you always feel worse after having a conversation with those kind of people than when you began and you know I started feeling bad about that and guilty I was like hang on like this is meant to be my friend I'm not feeling good. And I get then after I talk to them, I'm it's triggering all of these things that I'm trying to work on in myself. And it's making me then want validation and me want to do these behavior patterns. And I, I think the realization is, I mean, obviously if you can't sort of, if that person's not going to change, if you want to bring it up and try and have a conversation about it, sometimes you need to just be very conscious about the people that you surround yourself with and, and accept that, you know, there's no right or wrong. Everyone's growing at a different rate, but you've got to make sure that you're not exposing yourself. I guess it would be the same as if I was a drug addict and I was hanging around 
environments where I've got cocaine put in front of me every night, you're probably going to relapse. Like, exactly it's, um, right. <laughs> you know, not being around it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And it's, it's not always easy to find, you know, empowered people that are on the plane that you want to be, but over time you will attract them if you, if you have that approach. And the other thing, I suppose, when it comes to people who are on that plane, instead of trying to turn them around, if you try to share stuff with them, there's a few, you know, I like some of these old sayings, like trying to give pearls to pigs or, you know, they'll often try to convince you of how you're wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, and I like the old one, you know, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? One, but the light bulb's got to want to change. People don't, you know, people often yeah. it's their deal. That's what they bring to the table and that they, they get identity around that. It's part of the reason why yeah. um, I don't, you know, I, I try to fight through those stereotypes because people get an identity around that and they hang on to it and it, yep. it holds them back. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. And they, if someone has, has to want to change, you know, if they're, if they and and the, and often these those people aren't aware of it for one thing but then they they don't want to change because like you said that's their identity so they don't want to sway from that so it's really just focusing on you know what again like you were saying earlier what can we control well i can control how i'm going to approach how i manage myself and who i hang around with and how i approach situations and it's all we can do but it is it's a crazy thing when you think about it and i still have some dread in me where I'm always trying to work more on myself and get caught up in my own self-esteem and wanting to achieve more. And then you have to pull yourself back and you sort of, you know, there's this endless pressure that shouldn't be there, but um, it's really liberating when you remind yourself that, Hey, the thing I'm looking for is never going to be acquired by all these external things. It's actually available right now. And it only ever will be available right now. And it's available to all of us. So I can take all the pressure off and just, you know, it, and it doesn't mean trying to, to stop trying to be successful, but it means you can enjoy the process and not hang your life on things you can't control. hundred percent. And what a lot of that pressure often gives us is a rigid approach. You know, I mean, uh, there's certain yep. self-improvement people that are quite famous who will go, you must do this. You okay. It's been well demonstrated for, for probably hundreds of years. If we're flexible in the pursuit of our goals, if we go easy on ourselves, but we're flexible in the pursuit, we're, so much more likely to achieve them. So what being flexible about it helps us to do is if we get a setback, we go, oh, that's that's just a temporary thing. We'll work through that because we're on our way. And whilst we know that we want to achieve something, it's not the end of the world if we don't, but we're going to keep working to it. And that helps your persistence. It helps you keep getting up every day. One of the old things I used to ask people, and I still do in, in some of my sessions, I say to them, have you ever woken up first thing in the morning and felt like crap for no reason at all? And you always get people raising their hand. I go, well, that's self-esteem because telling you you're not, you know, not that you can't accept yourself because you haven't achieved something yet. And I said, well, how about just, yes. you know, how about just waking up, putting your hand in front of your mouth and testing if you can breathe. If you can breathe, that's enough to be able to accept yourself. Well, that's not enough. I gotta... Yes, it is walk into the water with me on this one, you know, like how about just raising your levels of happiness? Wouldn't yeah. That'd be nice. And that can come from all sorts of quality. Oh, exactly. All sorts of quality interactions with people. And, and yeah. And, and looking for the, the old, the old values, looking for the good in people. What, what does this person offer that you can work with or, you know? Yeah. No, it's, um, it's just so ingrained in us, isn't it? All these negative thinking patterns and, society's taught us i think the opposite way we should be thinking but you're dead right and that for me and so many people that i have talked to is when the negativity is at its highest when you first wake up the mind's going a million miles an hour and 
you know, what the hell, what's the point of all this? What am, what am I actually doing with my life? And you gradually ease into the day and it calms down. But it's like, why, you know, why can't you just give yourself permission to, to enjoy things and feel okay? But it's a, it's, a, it's a process. Yeah, and to just be. And if you're going to get rid of self-esteem, which I highly advise yeah. everybody to consider, you've got to replace it with something because otherwise you're just going to in a vacuum and get back into it. And so I encourage people to accept themselves yeah. unconditionally. Hence, you know, can you breathe? Yep, that's enough. Um, except if, if you need a ruling, because people often, you know, the whole concept of I am not worthy, the sense of worth, all this sort of rubbish. You've got one human's worth. It's worthwhile. Mm. You're worthwhile. It doesn't go up mm. and go down. You're equal to every other person on the planet in terms of your humanity. You're just as much a human being as them. You know, um, mm. un- uneven playing fields, people starting with more or less or, or whatever that is, you know, you're never going to get past that. But you're just as much as a human being and that's enough. Mm. And let's uh, let's start working on doing something that's going to make us happy because we spend so much of our life chasing things, working for stuff. And if we're not um, not taking that time out to do it, to remember what's important, we're going to miss the, this great crazy ride called life. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Um, well, I've got five closing questions that I finish every episode with. Um, before I go into those, I just want to ask you... <laughs> Yeah, won't won't throw you too far under the bus with those, or we'll see. Um, but before that, just I want to ask you, I guess, um, two final questions. Um, what? How? How did you? You were saying you had um, PTSD yeah. from from your from your time, um, and I guess I wanted to ask how how did you how do you manage that? And second to that, you know, what are some of the things you personally do daily to try and keep yourself in check, and and you know, to try and um, yeah, manage all of the things we're talking about. Okay, uh, really glad you asked. A couple of things. Um, I see a counsellor. I was every two weeks. I've been doing that for years now. We're now moving, pushing back to every three weeks. So that's it's kind of good. I'm a strong believer. No matter what I do for other people, it's I still am a strong advocate for professional help. That one hour session as often as you can is really important. And even if you think there's nothing wrong, it's really important to do. Um, I exercise heavily. I love exercise. I try and exercise five, six times a week. Um, I've, um, I discovered that I, I knew I was planning to do it, but I didn't think it'd be that much of a huge benefit to me. Um, and I joined the Invictus Games team. I've been lucky enough to make an Invictus Games team for 2023, representing Australia in, in Dusseldorf. So being around like-minded people, building community is a huge thing. Um, the men's walk that I've, I've built up here has just been unbelievable. There's so many great guys and, um, all ages and we, we really come together and, and do a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, I read a lot. Um, and I spend like, that's the other thing is the discipline of switching off from stuff. I typically turn my computer off on a Friday afternoon when I knock off and it's family time from then through to usually Monday morning, maintaining those sort of hard disciplines. I still think about stuff and and work on other stuff, but really keeping some basic disciplines around stuff is just, is, is phenomenal for me. It's, it's a really big one. Yeah. Also, I love that. No, so many good points in there. Also, yeah. know your triggers. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Last one I just want to add. Know your triggers. So I was watching some war films, you know, a couple of you know, a year or so ago, and I got really triggered, and I was like, okay, cool. Let's not watch any war movies for a while. <laughs> I think that's a, such a great point. You know, it's like really, you know, we we need. It's so important. We need to know the triggers and make a list of them, you know, the do's and don'ts, and you, you end up learning it's like driving a car, you know, what's the manual of how to best manage myself? You know, what are the things I should do? What shouldn't I do? What environments are best? And, you know, once you really map that out, it's 
becomes so much easier to just keep yourself moving in the right direction. One hundred percent. It's it's really important, and uh, the importance of writing things down is so good because you get them out, but you yep. also recreate them in another form. There's uh, so many benefits of that too. Absolutely. Well, these five closing questions. The first one is, what's what's the um, best childhood memory that comes to mind for you? Wow, that's great. Best childhood memory. Skateboarding as a kid. There's plenty of them that I had. I skateboarded for 14 years from the age of 10. Loved it. Probably tapered off a little bit into the 20s, but yeah, um, riding my skateboard was my thing. It was my little freedom device and... I was not a natural at any sport, just like I wasn't a natural soldier, but skateboarding I put the time into and it really it gave me something. I love that. Yeah, the freedom of it, it is. That's that's the thing. I, I love that. What What do you think is the biggest burden on mental health uh, currently in society? I think it's um, – biggest burden on mental health is people not accepting themselves, people thinking that there's something wrong with themselves. Uh, the identity that you're broken, which I think is very, very damaging. Um, the whole, it's okay not to be okay, sounds like a great idea. And it's, it is okay. Like when stuff's not working, it's okay. But I think one of the most empowering things we can consider when we're talking that way is to say, yes, but it's on us to be, to work, to try to achieve okay. It's a bit like the government, um, all power to them, trying to achieve yeah. zero fatalities on the roads or all that, that safety goal. It's a great goal. We should be doing something similar in our lives of, trying to get to okay and working and doing the work because without that our mental health will struggle and suffer Mm -hmm. i couldn't agree more because you know there's so much awareness out there now and people know you know it's like anything people know when it comes to exercise what they should do uh but if i go and hire a personal trainer and do a one hour session once a year and that's all i do i'm not going to improve i'm going to need to actually take accountability myself and you know, get out of bed every, every day almost and go and get active and do something. That's how you get results. It's like doing it over time. So, yeah, I think really good point. Um, what's your personal definition of happiness? Um, being in a flow state is pretty important. Realising you're just doing what you do and being around, you know, having those great people around you that you can care about and put some energy into uh, getting, you know, some nice feedback helps to realize you're on the track, but um, yeah, it's, it's quite an intrinsic thing. Um, you know, I, I enjoy just getting a chance to experience things. I'll do things differently. It's quality time with my, with my wife and kids, um, the, the endorphin rush from exercise, you know, all that stuff coupled together that feels, makes it feel like mm. a rich life is sort of the thing that really, and then also doing what I want to be doing every day for other people, doing, you know, feeling like that's your life's work or your life's purpose is pretty important. I love that answer. What are you most afraid of? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. It's a, it's a, it's a good one because you, you, you come along to talk and you don't, you don't think about these things. Um, yeah. Probably, I had one recently. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, as a veteran, you feel as if there's some things I can't do anymore. There's some things, jobs I used to do, which I relied way too heavily on in my past, like hospitality or bar work or whatever, that that sort of stuff. Going back, the feeling that if all else goes wrong, that I can no longer do those jobs to try to scratch out a living somehow, that's a bit of a fear because that's now taken from me. So that that keeps me moving forward 
working to be better at what I do every day. And, and it keeps me, so I'm not, he's trying to escape fear because I don't think about it that much, but when I, I get a chance to reflect on some stuff, that's, yeah, that's probably one. Yeah. Um, and just feeling as if I'm not giving enough to my kids, that's really important. So I want to, I want to keep doing everything I can for them and, and help them to develop to the people that, you know, I think that they, they would be happy with, hopefully it's up to them, <laughs> but I just want to be able to support them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all you can do. So final one. What are you most proud of? Good question. There's a few things. Um, probably some of the results I've, I've achieved for helped other people to achieve. Um, and they're things that make me feel really humble and not beating the old, beating my chest. One group I work with in 2016, um, they're a blue collar team. Um, they were, they worked on the diesel fleet of trains in New South Wales and um, they weren't interested in the project I was delivering. And they said, what else do you do? I said, I run a resilience program. Uh, we ran the resilience program. Three years later, their managers came and found me and said that helped us to achieve a thousand days of no lost time injuries for like a couple of hundred people. I'm like, could you imagine the amount of people who went home that those three years who were able to go home to their families? Like uh, for those who don't know, a lost time injury is anything from, you know, an hour off to go see a doctor up to just short of being a fatality. It's um, yeah, it's probably one of the most humbling, one of the things I'm most proud of um, that I've been able to share that, that that way of thinking that really helped to empower. And some of those people are still my friends to this day and just just an amazing experience. So, yeah, things like that that I'm able to deliver from the heart that, that really make a difference. It's incredible, mate. To be able to help anyone at all is just such a you know huge gift to be able to give. So it's incredible to see that come back. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that and making the time to talk about all of this. And like I said at the beginning, thank you for coming back on and, you know, taking the risk of me not turning up a second time. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we got to do it. Um, final mm-hmm. thing, um, for all of our listeners, where can they, where can we send them if they want to learn more about you and the work? Okay. Well, if they want to check out the book, um, uh, the book's called Reclaim Your Power. You can get it on all digital platforms, but you can get it from me cheaper by going to reclaimyourbook.com and I'll even sign it for you. Um, you can find me on my website, it's changeseminars.com. Uh, email info at changeseminars.com. I've got a free training people can go and check out uh, at helpmereclaimmypower.com. Um, and Facebook, I'm on there. Um, Central Coast, if anyone's in Central Coast, Central Coast Men's Walk and Central Coast Men's Walk.com or Central Coast Men's Walk and Talk on Facebook. Uh, Craig Ball, um, Men's Mental Health Speaker on Facebook as well. So, I'm, as Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, I'm on everything bar roller skates. Uh, Instagram at, at Change Seminars. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, any, any, any of those platforms, and I'm always happy to, to take it. the time to, to talk, to share, and, and, and to hear people's stories because it's really empowering. Well, yeah, for everyone listening, there's quite a few of them there. So I'll put all of the links to those in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And Craig, thank you again, mate. I've really enjoyed connecting with you and chatting. And yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Maybe you can you can um, show me. You can not turn up when you book one with me. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be great. It's been a great privilege, Nick. And look, I've really enjoyed chatting. And uh, can't, yeah, can't wait to come and chat some more. I appreciate it, mate. Thanks thank so much. Bye-bye. Thanks to Craig Ball for joining me today for Brick by Brick. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.